Hey, I'm Brant. And I'm John. Got a question for you. Are you done with routine religion? Are you bored with lifeless faith or ready to give up on God? We've talked to way too many people who are either leaving the faith because of how stiff and cold some people make it feel, or they're really hesitant to start following Jesus because of the lives of other Christians. We think it's time that a different narrative was heard. Some people think following Jesus is boring or lifeless. We disagree. In fact, this podcast is about helping you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because following Jesus doesn't suck. All right, guys, welcome back to the Following Jesus Doesn't Suck podcast. We've been talking for a few weeks about this idea of holy swag. Holy swag. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, now, this is a, it's a God-inspired confidence that leads to life change influence. So it's, it's a life-changing influence from the confidence that we receive from God. And, and maybe you're thinking, yeah, okay, all right, I understand that. I get you guys have been talking about this thing called Holy Swag. You've been posting about it on your social accounts. I, I get what it is, um, but I don't really feel it. You know, I, need, I, I, I know that I need more confidence in my life. I know that I need more confidence from God specifically in my life. It makes sense, but... Uh, what, what is that supposed to feel like? How does that actually work in my life right now? Right, yeah. How does that look as I live it out? You know, I think about it this way. Um, you have a hard time navigating things well. You have a hard time going in the right direction when you're not actually very confident in where you're going or how to get there. Uh, for example, uh, I am really really bad at directions. In fact, I tell people often, if I think you should go this way, your best bet legit is to go the other way. <laughs> uh, if I give you directions, you're, you're probably going to be safer going the, the exact opposite direction. I used to go to school in downtown Chicago, and I grew up in northern Michigan. And so it's about a six-hour drive from going to school when I was in college to go from school to drive back home. And I'll never forget this one time we were, my brother and I were in the car and we were driving back home uh, for a school break. And uh, this was before I had a GPS. This is before uh, I had a smartphone. And so we navigated the really super old fashioned way with this, this weird technology is called a map. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of one of those? Uh, it's a map. And um, what my dad told me, well, I'll take, let me step back a little bit. We were driving home and uh, there's this one turn when you get, when you're driving from Chicago to Northern Michigan, you, you drive through the Northern part of Indiana and then you come up into the Southern part of Michigan. And if you don't get off at the right exit, you stay on I-94, which will take you not only to Detroit, but then down to Toledo and it continue out that in the Eastern direction. Oh man. And you're using a map, right? So it's not well, like it's going to say I wasn't using here. a map at the time. Cause oh. I'm like, I pr I'm pretty much new. <laughs> It was like six turns, oh, and um, I, I thought I knew. Anyway, so I, uh, I, I'd done it before. I had ridden with my parents before. I'd ridden with my brother before. But right as we're about to get to this turn, my brother had fallen asleep. Now, he's amazing at directions, so he'll always correct me if I go in the wrong direction. <laughs> well, he had fallen asleep, and I did this thing in my head where I just kept saying, this looks familiar, this looks familiar, oh, this man. looks familiar. I've been there. And, and after a while, I was like, I, I think this looks familiar. <laughs> and and I'll, my brother woke up and he was just like, Ann Arbor? Why are you in Ann Arbor? <laughs> now, if you're not familiar with the geography of 
the state of Michigan in the United States of America. Ann Arbor is about the middle of the bottom part of the state. And I'm supposed to be at that point on the left side of the state, you know, about Grand Rapids area. Oh, right. So I had driven about an hour, two hours out of the way by missing one exit on the highway. Well, I call home on my little flip phone and I, I said, hey, dad, how do you get home from Ann Arbor. And he's like, Ann Arbor? Why are you in Ann Arbor? I was like, I don't know. Benjamin fell asleep. My brother fell asleep. And I don't really, I just, I thought it looked familiar. And, and anyways, he, so he, he gave me like 17 different roads to turn. He's like, you get off on this exit, you go on this road, you look for this, you know, big red barn and you turn right there and blah, blah, blah. Cause he grew up in that area and it, thinking that that would be good enough for me to navigate home. Well, that just gave me a new low level of confidence oh, in how to navigate. I was like, oh man, I, I don't know how to get home. And so I was like, ah, uh, okay, okay, sure, sounds good. And I was like, Ben, pull out the map. And so we pull out the map and I'm looking for these roads and I was like, all right, cool. I got this road, I'm looking for this exit and I need to turn right here, turn left there and so on and so forth. Well, I, I start navigating again and he falls asleep again. Oh no. And I was like, well... I know the route because I was told the route two times. And uh, so anyways, he wakes up and says, Detroit, why are you in Detroit? Uh, and I was like, I don't know. You fell asleep and I don't, I don't really know directions that well. And, and I was like, ah, if you're not familiar with Michigan geography again, Detroit is the farthest you could go in the wrong direction um, while still being in Michigan. And, and now... Now Detroit is five hours from my house, so oh, I man. I'd basically turned a six-hour drive into an eleven-hour or twelve-hour <laughs> drive uh, by circumnavigating the entire state ouch, of Michigan. Ouch! And, oh no. Um, needless to say, I, a pretty poor navigator when it comes to driving in a vehicle, and and it just reminds me of this truth that when you're not confident in where you're going or how to get there. You really don't navigate things very well. In right. fact, you navigate them usually pretty poorly. And the the thing is, I think in our in our lives, in our spiritual lives, in how we approach God, we often navigate our spiritual lives lacking a lot of confidence. And therefore, we find ourselves taking a lot of wrong turns. We we don't exactly know where to go or how to to get there. So we don't have a whole lot of confidence, whether it's coming from being ashamed, coming from uh, being scared or, or timid about who we are before God. I think a lot of times what we wind up doing is we find any excuse in the book to duck out of our calling to know God and make him known. And because we lack confidence before God, what winds up happening is we almost completely miss out on living into the things that God has made us for. We, we miss out on the amazing things that God has prepared for us to live in. When you're not confident, you don't navigate things very well. When you're not confident in your relationship with God, I don't think you navigate life very well. You miss out on the amazing things that God has prepared for you. So how do we find this confidence with God and in our lives? I want to talk about, I think we, we want to navigate this conversation a little bit um, about what it looks like to find a life-changing confidence, a life-changing confidence. And um, here's a point that I think matters. When you're confident in God, you'll be confident in life. That's 
we'll, we'll unpack this a little bit in this episode, but here's the point. This is how you find a life-changing confidence. You start with confidence in your relationship with God. That'll overflow into confidence in life. So First uh, John chapter 3, which is, which is a passage that we've been navigating for the last bunch of episodes to help us understand how, how we can live in confidence and how uh, confidence in God actually inspires a life-changing confidence. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 21 says, uh, if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our heart doesn't condemn us. In other words, if we have a clean conscience... That's the beginning point of when we start to have confidence before God. See, repeatedly, repeatedly, uh, it's interesting, um, there have been apostles and preachers in the, in the New Testament who defend their ministry, who defend uh, against uh, uh, people who would challenge their authority, saying, no, 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 we are, we are, we are living this out, this life of influence. We're living this out from the calling we received from God, from the authority, from the apostleship that we received from God. And uh, so you see that in the Apostle Paul, for example, in 2 Corinthians, he's defending himself from those who would challenge his authority, saying pretty much, you can say all these things that like, oh, Paul's not that impressive. Paul comes, you know, with thunderous words, but in person he's he's pretty non-impressive. Paul, you're, you're not actually uh, filled with authority from God because you preach to the Gentiles. And then there's so many accusations that were laid against the Apostle Paul, uh, laid yeah. against the Apostle Peter in the book yeah. of Acts, and people were challenging their authority, their apostolic authority from God, and, and pretty much their response sounded like this. You can say those things, but I'm not going to change my actions because even my conscience tells me like the Holy Spirit's voice inside of me resonating with what's right and wrong tells me I'm right before God. And what that wound up happening was that gave them this world-changing, this life-changing influence. And that was one of the things that drove them in such confidence was that they knew they were confident before God. Right, and I think that uh, you know, listening to that kind of stings a little because I, I know just from listening to that that I felt the opposite of that feeling before in my life. I yeah. mean, it's, it's almost like this fear of man feeling where, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of what people are saying and what they might do. And so it does change my actions, even though I know what God is telling me to do, or, you know, you know what God has called you to do, but you're not confident in it. And so, you know, it, it, it kind of prevents you from walking forward in confidence. And, and I'll say this, every time I did do that, uh, yeah. I, I did shy away from, from mm -hmm. feeling confident and moving forward and what you know I, I knew God was saying. Uh, it became easier and easier to do that because I, like, like we talked about, you know, if our heart doesn't condemn us, well, when you continually make that decision, it almost like it almost stacks on each other, and you like feel that condemnation, and it gets harder to mm -hmm. then walk in that confidence. Yeah, yeah, I can. See, you you see people walking around timid. That's not a coincidence. You see people walking around confident. It doesn't just happen on accident. It's not a coincidence. Uh, let me just say this: condemnation from a crooked conscience is not a coincidence. On the flip side, confidence from a clean conscience is not a coincidence. Yes, yeah. Like those things are true 
for a reason. So you, you want to walk around solid, head held high, heart clean, filled with confidence? It starts with a clear conscience. When you have a clear conscience, confidence is a natural result. And this makes sense. You see this happen all the time in life. One of the things, however, that gets in the way of each of us having this sense of holy swag, right? This, this life-changing confidence. What is the thing that gets in the way? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever known someone who was so filled with themselves? Right? They knew, um, they knew that they were just like big shot. <laughs> they were all of that. They were the stuff. And, and they walked around like they knew it. You know what I mean? And, and, and they, they were so filled with themselves, be, probably because of something that they were really good at or something that differentiated them, that made them stand out. Right. Whether they're super athletic, whether they were, um, you know, really smart or, and I've known people like this, lots of people like this. And one of the things that is crazy is for some of them, I saw that get taken away. Right, I have a really good friend who was an athlete and was full of it um, most of his life growing up because he was so athletic. And then, and then um, he got a he got a season-ending injury, and like mm. it changed his life. Mm. You know, and, and his confidence was shaken, and he was like asking the question, "Who even am I?" He was relying on everything else in his life to feel important, right? And, and so the question remains when all of these things are taken away that like I rely on to feel validated. The people who, uh, who, who praise me for my athletic ability or the people who uh, give me high grades because of my genius intellect or the people who are constantly um, uh, liking my posts and sharing and commenting on my social media, right? When, when I post an Instagram post in my stories and I say, like it up and I get like, 400,000 likes and then all of a sudden that stops all of a sudden something happens that my appearance is marred or my uh, 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 approval is marred is is ruined what happens then like I didn't change but people's reaction to me changed and now all of a sudden I feel less confident What's the thing that you rely on to feel validated? I mean, that the, this is at the heart of the battle for your confidence in life. Right. Because just because you're confident doesn't mean you're confident in God, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's so when you're confident in God, you're confident in life. But, I mean, even to going back to your story where you were driving, you were confident in your memory right. of things looking familiar. Until I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, until you weren't. And then, and then you lost that confidence and... You had to go back to the source, the map that we are confident in. Uh, and so it's kind of very similar to what you're saying right now. Yeah. I, and maybe for you, it's you're super, uh, you're relying on other people's opinions. You're relying on maybe success in athletics or your smarts. Or Here's one. One of the things that makes you feel validated is you are good at putting other people down. Mm. Right? And, and, and maybe people just shy away from you because of that but you're at least like at least I know I feel higher than them because I put them down or maybe you hide from everything like you're you're super timid and the only thing that helps you feel validated is by avoiding things that devalue you 
um, or make you feel that way. Or it maybe it's your online profile of your life where you're like, man, the amount of, of hearts that get sent my way or the amount of shares or comments. And you look at these things and I'm like, I need these things to feel evaluated, valued and validated. What happens when those things are taken away? Here's the truth. And I've discovered this from firsthand experience. When you rely on yourself and the opinions of other people to feel validated, when you rely on your abilities and other people's opinions about you, it will eventually leave you empty and depressed. Because those are changing values. Those things don't remain constant. And there's limits to them. Right. Like it's always limited. So yeah, I, I mean, you might feel confident to a certain degree, but when the next person that comes along who's smarter or the next person who comes along who's more successful or has more likes than you, uh, you then kind of limit uh, how far you can go with each of those things. Right. So how do you avoid that crash? How do you avoid that burnout or that depression that is a natural result of relying on other people's validation? Well, First John 3.21, it says, if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God. Like You start with a clean conscience, you have confidence before God, and what winds up happening is you live out of that confidence. Right, right. Um, so when you're confident in God, to be confident in life. When you be confident in who God's made you to be and what God's called you to do and how God feels about you, you're going to be unstoppably confident in everything about your life. Like even the things you're embarrassed about, right? We often fear, here's the thing, when we often fear the opinions of others. We, we feel like we have to defend ourselves, protect ourselves, hide, get defensive. And it's often really hard to enjoy other people when you're trying so hard to live up to their standards and please them. Here's a secret in life. You want to enjoy someone? Stop trying to please them. Right. Um, and instead of being confident in who God has made us to be, oftentimes we get really defensive about who we're scared about about ourselves. Defensiveness, I think, is a way of life in this country. It's This person says something intentional or unintentionally nasty, and then all of a sudden someone else gets really defensive, and then now you're just defending your territory, and you're not enjoying anybody. You're just trying to survive. Right, and that defensiveness almost gives it gives value to the words they're even saying. Like, right. you being defensive almost gives power to the words that they're speaking. Whereas if you weren't defensive, it, yeah. it would just, what would happen? You know, right. what would happen? Right. It kind of reminds me, and I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard of this bird. It's a, it's a southern Arctic bird uh, called the southern giant petrel. And it's, 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 it, it's I wouldn't say it's my favorite bird because it freaks me out. It's creepy. <laughs> but it's like an amazing bird to look at and study because when it's attacked, it, this is awesome. It has a rather unique defense mechanism. When the southern giant petrel, which stands about maybe three feet tall, when it is attacked maybe by a wolf or by a sea lion or even, you know, hunted by a polar bear, it'll act, it has this amazing defense mechanism where it will projectile vomit regurgitated food from its stomach into the face of its attacker. And you want to know how, how heavy of a force that is? It's enough to knock a human being over. Like, it's... <laughs> this this is like an amazing like mind blowing defense mechanism. It'll just like reach down and get all of the the regurgitated gunk on the inside of its stomach and like just projectile vomit it at its attackers, so forcefully that it knocks you down. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Oh man. Isn't this though what we do when we're feeling attacked? In in our defensive response, 
I think sometimes we go all petrol on our attacker. We we <laughs> verbally vomit our uh, defensiveness, our insecurities. We verbally vomit the things that we're scared about onto somebody else. And and if we're forceful enough, perhaps like the petrol, we'll, we'll knock them down or we'll knock them away mm. and they don't come back. What if we didn't, though, what if we didn't have to fear the opinions of others? What if we didn't have to get defensive like that? Right. What if we were actually free to enjoy others rather than trying to please them or live up to their standards? Can you can you imagine how awesome that would feel? I think a person who has a clean conscience is not defensive. They, they don't they don't sit around trying to hide who they are. When you have a clean conscience and you're right before God and and God enables you to live with holy swag, when you have a clean and clear conscience, you are free to pursue the things you're made for without fearing what other people are going to think about it. You're free to, frankly, to rock the stage that God has put you on. God made you on purpose for a purpose, and you can live into that unfettered when you have a clear conscience. Right. So I want to talk about maybe really quick three ways, three ways that you can begin to move towards a clear conscience today. Uh, or, or for the rest of your life, really. Number one, cleanse yourself. Number two, know yourself. Number three, give yourself. Let's start with that first one, cleanse yourself. A clean conscience before God not only means that you've been cleansed once by the process of justification, right? You're saved from the, the penalty of your sin. Um, but what I'm talking about is, is the idea of regularly staying clean before God, confessing your sin. Uh, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, um, Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples. And he gets, he gets to Simon Peter. And Simon Peter goes, no, 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 you're not going to wash my feet. It's not right, Lord, that you be my servant. And Jesus says back to Peter, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. And then Peter says, oh, oh, in that case, wash my whole entire body. <laughs> and Jesus goes, no, I've already washed you once. What's he referring to? He's referring to saving Peter's soul, justifying him, making him right before God once and for all time. He says, I've already washed you once, but you need to be regularly cleansed. In other words, you, you need to consistently come clean before me. Your, your position before God, if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus, justified, regenerated, that, that's a once-for-all-time thing, but, but over the course of life, you, you get junk on you. you. You sin, you mess up, you, you walk through the grime and the dirt of this world, and you need to regularly cleanse yourself through confession. Right. Stay clean before God. Confess your sins. And find cleansing to wash and grace to overcome. So number one, cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself regularly. Number two, I, I think one of the things that helps with a clean conscience uh, is to know what you're here for. Mm -hmm. To know, like, I'm on the right track. Not just that, like, my closet is cleaned out, right? Like, the, the junk drawer of my life is, has been reorganized. I'm clean. I'm cleansed. I've gone to Jesus. I've confessed my sins. But, like, I'm on the right track even. And it's easier to know that when you know what you're made for. Like each of one of us is made on purpose for a purpose. The things about you that make you unique are not on accident. They are by design. And the truth of the matter is you have things about you that God made you that way for a reason. I asked a missionary one time saying like, how do you, how do you know what God 
God's like calling you to do in your life? How do you know what God's purpose for your life is? And he said something that was really, I think, eye-opening for me. He said, each person generally has three things that are, are good indicators to know what God's made them for. You, you got you stones, you got wires, and you got fires. Your stones are like the milestones that, that have happened to you in life, the major events that have happened. You can look back on the milestones of your life, and they actually generally point in a particular direction. That's an indicator of what God's used your life so far up to this point and how he's going to use you in the future. Usually, those milestones generally point in the right direction of where you're supposed to go. Number two, um, you got wires. Each one of us is wired differently. John, you're much more analytical type of person and me. Right. I'm much more big picture, come up with big <laughs> ideas and not worry about the details, right? Uh, yes. But there's so many other ways in which we're wired differently. And I don't think that that's on accident. Right. We all have different likes and dislikes. We all have different uh, things that we're gifted at. Right. We all have, uh, we're, none of us are the same. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think that surprises God. In fact, I think that's by design. God made you the way that your personality, your 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 intellect, your wiring what makes you tick is on purpose. Yeah. And that actually speaks to what God wants to do with your life. It really does. Um, and the third thing is is fires, which like these are the things you're passionate about. What gets you fired up? Right. Really? What is something that your heart like longs to see happen? Um, whether it's, you know, maybe seeing uh, sex slavery ended on in, in our generation, whether it's seeing um, you know, the systematic slaughtering of unborn children uh, ended in our generation, whether it's, you know, frankly, just even sharing the gospel and evangelizing and, um, right, evangelism is a passion, whatever yeah. it is, like, yeah. God has put passions in your hearts. He really has. And, um, and so whether it's your stones, your wires, and your fires, you can look at all those three, and those generally point in a particular direction of, like, what are you here for? And if you can know yourself, you can get a glimpse of what God has called you to do. So how do you how do you start walking in confidence? How do you start walking in the right direction? Number one, you cleanse yourself. Number two, you know yourself. And finally, number three, you give yourself. I think once you've cleaned your closet, so to speak, once, once you have confidence before God about what you're made for, this is the point at which you can go all in. God, God has, has uniquely positioned you in this point of your life this place where you live, this time period in history, God has uniquely put you here, not on accident. It's on purpose. And my challenge to you is do that with everything you have. Whatever God has called you to do, do it with everything you have. In other words, commit to following God with the rest of your life in what he's called you to do. So here's the time to make a decision. Are you going to Walk before God with a clear conscience so that you can walk in unstoppable, unshakable uh, confidence in life. Are you going to do that? And if you are, you're going to need to decide. I got. I got to start confessing. I got to come clean. I got to. I got to clean out the closet. And then once I do that, I'm going to give everything I have to follow God in in the ways that He's wired me, in the directions of the stones that He's put up in my life, and. With, with all of the passion of those fires in my heart, I'm going to follow him all in. Here's the thing, though. If you decide to do that, 
if you say, man, I, I want to live in confidence. I want to go for everything God has for me. I want to live with a clear conscience. I want to walk in total unstoppable confidence. You're going to face opposition. Not only just from Satan, but frankly, from you. You are going to be in your own way. Why? Because when you go through the rest of your life, it's not going to be you who you serve anymore. You, your life no longer is about you. Right. It's about something so much bigger than you. But you don't like that because you're selfish. I know that because I am. I'm selfish. I want me things. I, in my heart, I want to be the king of my life. That is the nature of sin inside of me. But if you want to follow Jesus, you don't get to call the shots anymore. You, you don't even get to do these things in your own power. I mean, like, like right, you realize right. that it's not, it's not necessarily even you yourself. I mean, yeah, you get your stones, wires, and fires, but even those were given to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. it's not even in your own power that you're doing these things. So if you want to walk in confidence, you want to walk in um, life-changing influence and unstoppable, unshakable confidence, it is only the surrendered ones that God uses in mighty ways. Yeah. Um, when you're confident before God, that's when you'll be confident in the rest of your life. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. We know that there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and you chose to listen to this one, and that really makes a big difference to us. That matters a lot, so thank you. We want to let you know that you can always head to JesusDoesn'tSuck.com to connect with us, view the show notes, and get links to anything we mentioned in this episode. Finally, if you've made it this far, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference as we want to help you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because remember, following Jesus doesn't suck.